like a challenge. Okay. <laughs> okay, should I do like the... Okay. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, yeah. formally introduce it. All right. Welcome to Crooner's Corner. I'm your co-host, Marley Williams. I'm your other co-host, Charlie Williams. And we have Ms. L in the Crooner's Corner today. Hello. <laughs> so in addition to being an amazing local hip-hop artist and radio host... Elle is also one of our oldest friends. Mm -hmm. We've known her since elementary school. Mm -hmm. We went to middle school together and high school together. So we're super honored to have you here, Elle. Yeah, I'm so excited to be able to catch up with you guys, and especially on the music side. Like, it's cool that, oh, yeah. you know, we're all here today and still connected. Yes, yes. We might have a few asides about the politics of Holy Trinity. <laughs> Who knows? That was, that was our K through 8. The Catholic private school. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, gosh, yeah. Um, I'm stoked to hear what you have to say about some stuff. I got a lot of questions. Um, but, yeah, so we've known each other since we were, like, five, probably. For five or six. We were, were we in the same kindergarten class? Were you AM or PM? I was PM. Okay, so we probably didn't really formally meet till first grade, then. Yeah. Because well, I was an AM guy. Oh, yeah. I saw you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Um, I guess I want to, I want to ask you, you've done a few shows during COVID. Um, I have. so what, what are those like? What were those experiences like? Did you enjoy it or was it weird? So yeah, I've played three shows, um, and actually just played a show last week. So I guess four, um, the big Legrowski, mm -hmm. um, that's been one of my favorite venues because you're kind of in a bubble where there's a window and then, you know, everyone else is outside and okay. you're performing oh, yeah. inside okay. and so that was just a really cool experience and then i've also played at alberta street pub okay and so they have a really great outdoor venue mm -hmm. um i'd say the weirdest part about it is just not being very close to people yeah and i'm actually like been forming a band and we've oh, been neat. yeah we were rehearsing at alberta street's pub for the past like three weekends and oh rad even us ba band members have to be five feet apart mm -hmm. so just kind of not having that jam with yeah. other people is just you know you have to create it mm -hmm. it's not just there yeah i can imagine we haven't done any yet um but i can imagine it's kind of difficult to feel that same uh connection i guess with the people you're performing to yeah, and I'd say also when you're inviting people, kind of what is their comfort level? Sure. And so it's just like you want to make sure you're booking spaces that the people that support you are going to feel comfortable in. Yeah, and it feels safe and, and right. So I've I've been to the Big Legrowski. I've never been to Alberta Street Pub, though. So um, how does that work at Big Legrowski? So are they, are they on the street? Did they set up kind of a street thing where the people can sit and watch and then you're on inside the venue actually? So they actually have two venue spaces. They have their indoor one mm -hmm. and then they have an outdoor patio. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's all covered and heated and the musicians are kind of in their own corner of it. Mm -hmm. And um, they have a really big space for performers. And so, okay. yeah, it probably seats about 50. And so... Rat. Yeah, it's, they have a really good setup, and so they're just getting started again. So I think we're all just trying to make it work with venues. Yeah, right. It's like make the best of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Exactly. People, people still want to see music. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you recorded your album in quarantine? Because it came out in December, correct? It did. Okay. So what was that process like? So I was actually getting laid off from my job, and... 
I had all this free time Mm -hmm. and I was just thinking, you know, I could be really sad and try to apply, which I did. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't getting jobs. (laughs) Nobody was hiring. So I'm like, I need to at least make this experience worthwhile. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it started with my song Ballin'. um, And the first opening track on the EP. It is. And I love basketball. And that's Mm -hmm. when around basketball season stopped. And so, yeah. It's just like you write about what you like. And uh-huh. so it's like I wanted to talk about basketball and like I had the visuals already like in my head. And so, yeah, it was like once I got one and I was working with my friend, Avi Sinclair, mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, I know the sound you like. So let's just run it with it. And so That's we're awesome. able to get like five songs done in yeah. two months. So Ballin was kind of the one that got everything rolling and then you, you kind of were on a streak. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And kind of when you're in that zone and you have that time, it's like you just get weird in your room and just create. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it really feels like an album of the moment, though, at least um, in a few of the songs like Way Out. Mm -hmm. It really seems like you wrote that in response to so many things that are happening right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the protests against police brutality. And it seems like it's kind of about being stuck inside and... Mm -hmm. um, not being able to go outside, not wearing a mask, and the city kind of being disrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I kind of just want to talk about that song because it's, it's... Yeah, the lyrics in that song, are there's a lot going on, so... Yeah, yeah. it, it kind of feels like a really great encapsulation of all the different things that are happening right now. So what was writing that like and performing it? Yeah, I'd say that song was inspired by when I was sitting in my room and that's when a lot of the break-ins downtown were happening Mm -hmm. and like in Pioneer Square and Mm -hmm. I could hear it outside my window. Oh yeah. So you're still living downtown at that point? Yes. Okay. So I think that was around May Mm -hmm. and I could hear the helicopters and the screaming and everything. Mm -hmm. And then um, around that time also my dad was promoted to chief of police at Portland State Mm -hmm. and I feared for his safety and so it was kind of like that dual aspect of yes like i'm with black lives matter but i care about my dad Mm -hmm. as well yeah Mm -hmm. so like we went to protest together and he was like kind of my bodyguard a little bit like making sure that i'm safe but i still Mm want to go and so when i heard the beat from my friend avi it's just like that is exactly what i wanted to talk about wow wow yeah so let's talk about your dad oh yeah if you're down we if don't have down. to if you don't want to he's a obviously. great guy your dad is an icon <laughs> we both love oh, your dad yeah. so l is the daughter of i mean would i call him a former police officer since he now does security for psu or so he is still a police officer okay. he's chief of police and they have their own little station on mm-hmm. their campus mm-hmm. right so what is it like growing up the do- growing up the daughter of a police officer and then kind of being in this moment where there's so much attention around the police mm-hmm. and then you're you're rapping about it so oh yeah yeah <laughs> What's that like i'd say growing up i was always careful of how i would represent my family and if i yeah ever did anything wrong he could just look it up <laughs> so there was <laughs> truly like no hiding like yeah And so I guess as I've grown up and like started doing music, it also, I'd say around 18, 19, I was very cautious of the lyrics I was putting out because one, he's law enforcement and I don't want to say anything like what I'm doing with my friends or 
yeah. like around that age. But kind yeah, of totally as I've gotten older and I just have had to have honest conversations with my parents of, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I stand for. And these are the things I want to talk about. It kind of created that open dialogue. So um, making sure that what I'm saying is very respectful mm-hmm. of my family as well as speaking my own truth. Totally. I mean, I feel like, I mean, everything I, I've known about Willie, like, um, it's, it's obviously he is a police officer, but I would imagine he is pretty aware of, and these, these issues are affecting him as well as a black man. It's not like he mm-hmm. is alienated from that issue just because he's a cop. I'm sure that affects him too. So he probably understands Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why you would want to talk about these things in your songs. I think also, like, going back to, he's a comedian as well. Mm. And no. so, totally. Like, I wanted to bring that up, too. Yeah, like, I thought about that. <laughs> and yeah. he's an artist, too. Yeah. Right. And so when it comes to making art and bringing your life into it, especially through his comedy, that's kind of what he did. And so when it yeah. comes to my music, he's just like, I want you to be the best at what you do and, like, say what you need to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they're super supportive. Obviously, they come to all your shows. I would imagine, or try and come out to when oh, you're yeah. playing. So they've never missed a show. And I should also add, Willie has seen my band play. <laughs> yes. And um, I was thrilled at his observations about the music. He's, he 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 got it, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if my father gets it. So. No, that my dad gets it. So, back to the fathers. This is the second episode that is centric. So we, the last episode, we talked a lot about fathers. Dads are great. <laughs> Sorry. It's, I don't know. It's just a dad it's, podcast. It, it's, <laughs> it's revealing something about us, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious what it's like going to a protest with your dad. Um, oh, we yeah. went to a few of the Black Lives Matter protests here in Portland. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, just the three of us and some friends who went. So what's it like going with your dad? You know, I felt like it was more powerful. Um, Originally, I was planning on going just on my own. Yeah. But then I thought, you know, how would that be perceived by him? And I want to make sure he's not working, too. And Mm -hmm. so it was going to him and saying, this is what I want to do. And here is the protest that I've actually researched here. Mm -hmm. And I think that they have like a good message and so he would say like i'm gonna bring another one of my police officer friends we're going to wear like our portland police stuff and Mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna walk with you because not because it's a good look but because like we want to be out here and Mm -hmm. like we're proud that you want to be here too so yeah we pit a couple here and Mm -hmm. you know it just feels all more powerful to me that's Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. that's great that's great thank you and um well we should say that Elle's father, Willie, is, so he's the chief of police at PSU, and he was, Mm -hmm. kind of led the charge to disarm the campus police at Portland State. Yeah. Which is amazing, I think. It was two years ago, Jason Williams was murdered by the the police at PSU. So it kind of, it started a discussion that Mm -hmm. I think had been brewing for a long time, but about disarming campus police, and then your dad kind of took over this position and said, no, we're gonna, we're gonna take away the guns. Took a lot of a lot of guts i would imagine to do one as a black man like it's just not a good look like to have just i guess i would say 
to be able to use that force on other community members as well. And Mm -hmm. so as a unit, they just decided we're going to try. And I don't think a lot of other departments here are willing to take that step and that risk. And so, you know, some people love it. Some people aren't happy with it, but he is rebuilding that organization. So, you know, I'm proud of him. Yeah. I think that that took, that's a a step in the right direction, I think, um, for the campus, you know. Yeah. Um, I agree. We we got kind of. We went in right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we, we bombarded we you with the heavy question. <laughs> nah, bring it. I'm here. <laughs> you're here for it, though. Let's, I, so you're, you talked about someone you've done a lot of work with. What was their name again? Bobby kind of Sinclair. So they're kind of your collaborative partner in that way? Yeah. Um, I met him at a showcase called A Beat Happening, and oh, cool. it's at Future Shock Records um, Southeast. Oh, neat, neat. Yeah. Um, where is that? Where is that? Uh, I think off of Burnside. Okay, didn't we, we went in there one day. Anyway, sorry, sorry, go ahead. But yeah, that's a cool place, that's a cool place. It is a really cool place, and he actually had a beat set that night, and they were like, anybody want to hop on the mic? And like, I was just chilling, I wasn't there to perform. Mm-hmm. And so I heard one of his beats, and I'm like, hand me the mic. <laughs> and then I just like started freestyling, mm-hmm. and then afterwards I was like, hey, like, I'm L. like, that was a dope beat. Sorry, I crashed your set. Like, you're doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from there, you know, I just started getting beats from him and wow. telling him, here's what I want. And he wasn't making beats for artists. He was just a beat maker, yeah. like, for his own performance. And mm-hmm. so it was a learning curve for him of, like, how do I create a song for an artist? And so we both wanted to learn from one another. Right. Mm. That's cool. Um, so... Was this first EP, this Culture EP, was that the first time you guys have really um, collaborated collaborated fully? Yeah. Okay, wow. It, and I think um, the production level on it, it sounds it sounds really good. Like, especially, I was listening to it with headphones, and it's just, you know, it sounds really nice. Thank and, you. Um, What's the process like for choosing your samples in that? Um... I would say I just get thrown 10, 20 beats, and then Mm -hmm. I just listen to it. Like, I'm not trying to sit down and write, but it's more so of, can I hear a hook? And Mm -hmm. you can hear that within the first, like, 15 seconds of listening to something, if it's you or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, I picked about, like, seven or eight songs from there that I'm like, okay, I can definitely write to those. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, I think the first thing for me is, like, I hear a hook. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, that's there. Cool. Next one. Once you got that, you're like, okay, that's a song. Mm-hmm. I can do something with that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some songs take an hour. Some songs like sure. um, my song Culture. I started it when I was 19. Oh, no way. Yeah. I was actually a different producer. His name's Stone Cruise. Okay. He... So is that what's on the EP? Mm-hmm. That version? Okay, cool. So, yeah. I wrote the first verse when I was 19. I didn't really know how to like write music like that. Mm-hmm. Let it sit. And then, like, this year, I was like, all right, like, that's a really dope beat. I actually yeah. came up with a really good hook. So mm-hmm. it's just, like, that one took five years. Yeah. Yeah. And Sometimes so, that happens, though, you know. No, yeah. I really believe in the, the act of doing something, setting it away, setting it aside for a little bit, and then returning to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because you you can look at it from a distance perspective and you notice things about it that you didn't notice when you were making it so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't want it to come out forest either mm-hmm. so I, that's the biggest part right mm-hmm. for sure so you said Ballin was the first one you guys did together mm-hmm. and there's also a video for that one right yeah that's the one you did the video for so how did that come together it's kind of a crazy it's a production on that video so uh how did that all come together oh that was so fun like i had two of my best friends julia and mm-hmm. sydney in there and mm-hmm. uh we stole julia's fiance's jeep mm-hmm. he thought she was going to the grocery store so i'm like hey let's go shoot this i video. was wondering what the deal <laughs> is with this jeep oh yeah he's a big car guy and we're okay. like that car would be should we shout cool. out him specifically um melvin Sa- melvin sanders um in his jeep thank you <laughs> you really came up clutch on on that one you know and i knew i wanted the basketball element of it yeah and um originally i wanted to find a woman's basketball team but it was covid yeah yeah and so i was just like hit up one of my friends who does pickup games in irving park and i was like hey um can you organize a bunch of guys and i'm just gonna show up mm-hmm. and just like don't mind me i'm gonna bump my stuff Nice. that's so sick i know <laughs> video took two hours and we we're done no way yeah damn that's quick like two locations and like first one was right by the south waterfront yeah and on the way to irving park mm-hmm. we shot um portions of the car um, shots sure. and then when we got there we just did urban park and wrapped up that's awesome cool. it's yeah. so funny so julia told her fiance that she's going to the grocery store <laughs> two hours later. julia is also one of our old friends from holy trinity days oh yes, yeah from our, once again our k through eight well did Ju- yeah. julia transferred though didn't she didn't she leave yeah she went to stoller and westview from mm-hmm. there okay. yeah okay. but you got to keep those people around, honestly. Yeah. Look at us. It's <laughs> fucking amazing how, I, you know, it's it's honestly, I'm, you know, people aren't going to care about this, but we're going to talk about it anyway. So. <laughs> I was thinking about Felix last Fe- night. Oh, and I was yeah. like, I need to message Felix. I need to message he Felix. He got taller. He did? He got taller. He got <laughs> himself a little girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know if they're still together. <laughs> like, sorry, but. Felix probably up. won't either. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, fuck. You know, these people you spent like nine years, ten years with, and then you kind of lose track over time. And a couple of the, you know, like, you know, there's some people you lose track of. Luckily, we've kind of kept in touch, but, you know, some people you don't do that with. Yeah, I mean, thank God for Facebook. Cause yeah, I'd exactly. Be <laughs> exactly. It kind of, it tricks you into thinking it's like been less time since I've seen you, but I probably haven't seen you in two years or over two years. Yeah, maybe. after I shot that video yes um, so, yeah that was the last time i saw you i was going through my so when you texted me tonight i was going through our old texts and i was like oh yeah there was the the video you made for me l made me made our band a little promo video which was great for our last album um gosh which has been a little over two years now so, oh geez you know but yeah so that that's actually l and her parents came and saw uh stoner control play which was awesome that was so cool because i also love videography and Mm -hmm. so i love i don't like i've done stuff that's like philanthropy and just kind of flat like content but Uh it's like i just love like showing people's art in Mm -hmm. the like high quality and so like when i saw your stuff i was like oh shoot like first of all i know you and you're just gonna let me come and like (laughs) trust that i can make something cool Mm -hmm. but like 
I don't know. Like, I believe in what you guys do, and mm-hmm. like, I want people to have good content. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we were we were super thankful for that, and I, I, it's still, you know, one of the better pieces of promo we <laughs> oh, have. Oh, good. So. <laughs> it was so fun to watch you guys play too. Yeah, I was in work mode too. I like yeah. it. Yeah. So, are you still doing some? I mean, obviously, not a lot of shows happening, but are you still trying to do some uh, photography and that kind of that kind of work? You know, I. But funny enough, like I keep buying big things every time I got laid off <laughs> and like I, I got laid off from Nike when I got my camera and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to like create a little business for myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just started shooting like dancers, rappers, whoever. Yeah. Um, And then I also thought, OK, when I'm ready, I kind of took a break from music because I got burned out, but. Mm-hmm. I was like, at least I can still be creative. And if I ever need to create content for myself, like Julia shot a video for me before using my camera. Yeah. It's like, I can edit. So it's just, can someone hold the camera and I can still make stuff mm-hmm. for myself, even if I don't have the budget. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like an investment in that way. Once you, once you have it, you're not going to have to pay someone else to do it for you anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. So I've, shop for breweries like Mm -hmm. different events like you yeah like and i've actually been able to like create a little business which i then i had to be like okay i built it and now i'm like i don't really do it anymore yeah well that's not your fault though (laughs) exactly hopefully you'll be able to pick it back up yeah and i if you want to i guess i shot a video for habitat for humanity and like willamette weekly last month okay and so yeah i had a friend hold the camera and it was act i was starring in it (laughs) funny enough but it's like i pull it out when i need it yeah um you did something with um music millennium too right so what was that that all about so uh willamette weekly and habitat for humanity teamed up for this giveaway every day of december Mm -hmm. and i was an ambassador with habitat for two years oh cool and they were like hey there's no one who would like fit this giveaway content better than like someone who loves music so Mm -hmm. um yeah they were just giving away some really cool gift cards and some swag from there and so You know, I was glad to just be a part of it and, you know, give back to the community and mm-hmm. still show my art and incorporate my own stuff. So if I can kind of squeeze my own Miss L content right. in there, yeah, I yeah, will. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's great. I think um, um, you're also starting a radio show mm-hmm. that we should probably talk about because, um, you know, you you're got your it sounds like you got your foot or hand hand in a lot of pots <laughs> foot in a lot of door what's the saying uh, hand in a lot sure. of baskets yeah what is it you uh, got eggs in a lot of yeah. different baskets yeah that's it so you <laughs> also decide the other day andre and i were talking and i made like a i think hillary clinton said basket of deplorables yeah. about trump supporters uh, big time <laughs> and andre had never heard that before but in response he said basket is the most white woman unit of measurement <laughs> I've ever heard. No one else describes anything in baskets. units of baskets. Anyway. Oh, Hillary. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Hillary. <laughs> Thanks for those last four years. So, radio Sorry. show. Sorry, yeah. So, Tell us yeah. about your radio show. Yeah, what's what's it awesome. called? Where can people find it? When, you know, just give us the whole deal. So, uh, I will be starting my radio show tomorrow on portland radio project 99.1 fm 
and my show is called Ladies to the Mic, and they approached me because they wanted a hip-hop show, and so I was thinking, why don't I make it a female hip-hop show in mm-hmm. R&B? Is I feel like there are, we're a small community of female rappers out here, mm-hmm. and it's always unique when you see another female's name on a set list or anything and so Mm -hmm. we just get excited to support one another yeah and so especially just kind of narrowing down your audience and trying to build like a following for that i got the ladies like that's dope yeah and i actually did like a little survey with random people in portland like went to the liquor store and saw a girl i'm like would you listen to an all-female hip-hop radio show Mm -hmm. and she was like heck yeah that's all we play on our spotify but we have to create our playlist for that right like grocery store guy mm-hmm. and like i was just getting a feel for the community of like i think it's cool but like mm-hmm. would anybody else and so um from there you know i got signed up for a one hour segment every wednesday from eight thirty to nine thirty, and you know it's just fun because it's music me and my friends just like jam out to and drink wine and mm-hmm. like you know everyone just in my community i was like okay yeah that's like l and music like Mm -hmm. that's why we give her the ox like (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i think that's great i think that's awesome especially you know like you said it's uh i don't know so you also wanted to talk to you a bit about the hip-hop scene in in portland but also you saying that you know there there is a concentration of female hip-hop artists um Mm -hmm. Are there any you would want to specifically shout out on the podcast or tell people who maybe don't know as much? Yeah, um, I'd say there's two that I'd love to shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, Raquel Devar and Lana Shea. Okay. And I'll actually be playing their music tomorrow. Sweet. And so those are two women that have like I've done shows with and have always just been very like well responded to when I reach out sh- to support and like they'll oh, awesome. do the same thing for me. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the show is it all local hip-hop or is it a mix of local and like you know national artists yeah so i have about 15 minutes of local and i'd like to build that i think Mm -hmm. like asking a lot of rappers can you send over clean music for the radio it's hard (laughs) (laughs) and so it's just like eventually i'd like to make it like 30 minutes of local Mm-hmm. Um, but I think right now my focus is like creating playlists that I really love and enjoy. And yeah. the other half of that is like digging and sliding in DMs for music. Mm-hmm. And so it's sure. like, just make it something that is enjoyable for everybody. And then once it gets running, like hopefully it'll be a little bit easier to get yeah. more artists that's, that's kind of what we're thinking with this too you know like get a few <laughs> in the bag it. and then you know not that, you, that we're really stoked to have you that event. <laughs> that you're no just... i'm hyped anyway um yeah that's that that makes sense so a lot of artists probably don't have clean clean edits of their songs and then mm-hmm. they have to figure out a way you know they have to contact or they have to do a whole new thing with their song like mm-hmm. warp the swear word or whatever it is so yeah. there's really not like I feel like on TV, mm. after a certain time in the day, you can have, like, dirtier content. Does that not mm-hmm. happen on the radio? Like, after 8 p.m., if you have a few swear words in there, it's okay? You know, I think starting at 8.30, I'm still in the radio-friendly mm-hmm. zone. Okay. And also, I don't want to push it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, 
even like I had talked to them about like, oh, shout out to Black History Month, but like mm-hmm. using the N word music. Mm-hmm. And they had said, if it has a purpose in that music, then go ahead and play it because it's like, um, like public radio at the end of the day. So no one's really like listening right. too hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's just like, make sure that the content fits the swear words that you are putting in there but if it's like filler words then it's just mm-hmm, like I all see. right like you could have found a clean version like mm-hmm. <laughs> i see mm-hmm. right. yeah yeah so yeah i'm learning i don't know much about radio yeah. but no that's we'll awesome it's but a it whole... seems like it seems like you're filling like a gap that you know that needs to be filled yeah, here totally mm-hmm. so what is it like being a female rapper in portland you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's such a unique experience because, I mean, I don't know much about the rap scene here. Yeah. So I'd be curious to hear just like your experience of trying to enter it. And then, yeah, just that, well, that journey. I've been doing this since high school. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I was doing all the assemblies and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But at that time, there was really no hip hop scene. So that's yeah. when I went to New York. Uh And, like, I had to pretty much get destroyed on stage, like, compared to all these, like, really, like, well-crafted musicians. And so coming back um, in 2017, you could see, like, smaller venues at, like, Future Shock. Like, they're Mm -hmm. actually hosting events and just there are pockets of musicians here. And so it just started with me, like, posting freestyles on Instagram. And I was just thinking... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not really trying to make a project. I just want to put it out. And so I was really Damian Lillard's four bar Friday page Mm -hmm. that kind of like they reposted me a few times and things started rolling. And that's how I started getting my gigs Mm -hmm. without trying, which I feel fortunate. It was just organic. Yeah, I remember you doing those four bar Fridays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They paid off. And so it's just like as long as I just keep putting stuff out and it's getting well received, it's like, that's kind of how I've been able to like find different avenues of making music. And mm-hmm. I'm not like some gangster rap. Like mm-hmm. I can pretty much adjust to like any venue and like try and relate. Right. Right. <laughs> so what was it like coming from New York, Brooklyn back to Portland? Um, I thought I failed at first. Well, I got a degree, which wasn't yeah. a fail, mm-hmm. but <laughs> totally. it was like my goal was to make it in New York and like be the next Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I realized you can't do that without money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you realized <laughs> that as well. <laughs> but I'm also glad to know that Nicki Minaj was the goal. Yeah. That's... I love Nicki Minaj. Me too. <laughs> I just realized like it really comes down to your community and yeah. who's going to build you. So Sure. Going out to New York, I knew nobody. Mm -hmm. And so going into like an open mic, I'd have to sit there for three hours to play three songs. Yeah. And I, you know, I did it and I was very happy to, but nothing was like going like the momentum wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so I had to think I can't create a music video because I'm paying too much in rent (laughs) and I can't even get quality studio time because I can't afford it. Yeah, I bet it's crazy expensive in New York. Exactly. So it was just like having to humble myself and be like, I have to reset somewhere else because it's not working. Yeah. And so, you know, here people are just a lot more friendly and collaborative. And there's like, 
-hmm. doesn't take three hours to get on stage and Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. just I found my community and it's like really working here right so even though like the Portland you know community of hip-hop the Portland hip-hop community is relatively small compared Mm -hmm. to other cities you do feel like you've been able to like establish yourself here a little more easily exactly yeah I have people who like want to support me and like even just like you guys like these are connections that I have here Uh that are just genuine and so it's like people are more likely to like support and I will like do the same and so it's kind of been that like collaboration Mm -hmm. between a lot of people which I didn't get yeah I can only imagine how hard it is in New York because it's such a big city and Mm -hmm. so many I mean there's tons of artists in Portland but not to the degree that it would be in a city like New York and especially a city that is known for not only just it's music, it's music, but hip hop specifically. Like, I mean, New York, Brooklyn is fucking iconic mm-hmm. for it. rich history for sure. Um, yeah, and you know, we did an open mic in L.A., which oh, is cool. kind of similar to New York in the way that it's just people go there to make it. You know, and I was just mm-hmm. blown away by these people, what they're willing to go through. You know, me, I've only been in Portland. I was like, damn, it's so easy in Portland. These <laughs> poor people are like. They're like you said. They're waiting three hours to go play their song. They don't really get a sound check or anything. They got it. It was it was brutal. But you know, do you think you're you lived there for four years? Was yeah. It? In Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Do you think that shaped? Even though you know, you eventually wanted to come back home. Do you think that whole experience shaped the kind of music you make? I I do. I think first I think being a good performer is like. I guess, of course, the music at the end of the day, like has to be solid, but being able to put on a show and perform and Mm. engage an audience, that's what really taught me out there. Because if you're going to stand up there and sing a song, there's going to be 10 other people that are going to blow you out of the water. Mm -hmm. And I think in terms of just the knowing what kind of professionalism I needed in terms of just like you know, having a website and mm-hmm. having a good sounding music, I think the level of just professionalism is so high that, I mean, at that time I couldn't reach it, but it's good to know where you need to be. Yeah. It's um, mm, a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. And so many rappers out there and like birth of hip hop and everyone's mm-hmm. good. So it's yeah. like, right. You improve your writing with mm-hmm. the people around you. So mm-hmm. I feel like I came back and it was just like, okay, like, I'm a little bit more polished than going up at Jesuit and like mm-hmm. doing an assembly. So right. it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about. Yeah. So I was actually <laughs> Let's talking talk about like your um, like when you realized that this was something you wanted to do and take seriously. Was that at some point in high school? Was it before then? Um, I was. It's funny. December 2008. Like I wanted to be the next Mariah Carey. <laughs> And I was in eighth grade. I had really big ambitions, but (laughs) (laughs) even even on my SoundCloud now, I'm like wanting to be Mariah Carey, but rap is cool too. Like, interesting. And my biggest fear in life was to sing in front of people, though. Yeah. And so I just like hid that. And then there was a open mic, not an open mic, but a talent show at Holy Trinity our eighth grade year. Oh yeah. And I sang Halo by Beyonce. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever sang in front of anybody. And I was shaking, but I was like, yeah. I need to be a performer. Like, it's 
gonna i knew it would, wasn't gonna be good but i was like i need to fail a lot uh-huh. to be able to do it so eighth grade i was like okay i'm gonna try like I'm not gonna hide in my room anymore yeah <laughs> not gonna be like embarrassed about what you want to do even though it is scary as, as hell you know? but i was embarrassed like yeah so i'm like i got really big dreams but nobody's ever heard me sing yeah but it was actually my dad who said you should rap like not because i sucked <laughs> but oh, it was right. like here's a different avenue and um i was in my leg brace in high school and i was in the hospital and i was like listening to beats because i didn't do anything and so it was like that moment where i was like i'm gonna quit sports mm-hmm. and i already knew like in eighth grade i wanted to move to new york so I was like, I need to start saving. I need to see what, how to get there. Mm-hmm. And so shout out to Willie. Yeah. Because he was like, you should rap. And so I was like, okay. So I started. Wow. <laughs> so the transition from I want to be Mariah Carey to I want to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. It feels quite, quite stark <laughs> in a way. Mm-hmm. So did you like grow up singing like more like? No, no. <laughs> like, it's, it's funny. Like it was Portland Teen Idol um, <laughs> that I tried out for. Oh, no way. I did yeah. not know this. See, I was so underground <laughs> with my passion. Underground. <laughs> I was underneath underground, but <laughs> it was like I like hobbled up there in my leg brace and my crutches. Yeah. And I was like, you know, nobody else is going to rap at this Teen Idol thing. So mm-hmm. let me just stand out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make it, but the judge was like, hey, like, that was really good. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. This, like, might not be the competition for you, mm-hmm. but, like, you should keep pursuing it. And so I used to write little raps mm-hmm. for fun mm-hmm. for my friends, but I was like, okay, like, let's try. Right. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I remember your performance about when you hurt your knee oh, yeah. at the assembly. I think that was maybe the first time I heard you rap. But that takes a lot of bravery. Oh my god! I mean, this is at a high school assembly, so everyone, our entire high school, like like two thousand people, a thousand people people were there. Yeah, I had that song for a year, and I wanted to do it at like the end of the year coffee house, Mm -hmm. but they didn't accept me for it, and so. (laughs) Oh my god! Fucking. Uh, so coffee house just for context for our listeners is like at our high school it was every couple of months there would be this this night where people would come and they would play their acoustic guitars and sing you know folk songs Mm -hmm. and and do i don't know read poetry or things like that gosh that pisses me off they didn't accept you 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 would have stole the show but anyway you know i was you know, I had just practiced for so long and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Uh-huh. But it was a blessing because I got to perform that song like six months later on a bigger stage. For a wider audience. Yeah. Because not everyone went to Coffee House. It was kind of like the... Just the mm, drama kids. The drama kids. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the like, the hipster kids went to Coffee House. Yeah. yeah. And I had to fight my way to get on that stage. <laughs> yeah. What I... was that like? How did you, how did you convince the, the Jesuit administration to let you yeah. well, perform? Those fascists. <laughs> 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 Just I'm, kidding. You're a former employer. Like, yo, true. Um, don't want to name names. I'm yeah. not going to say her name, but I just, like, shaved my head, and she wasn't very happy with me. I shaved oh, half my head. yeah, I remember that. Right, totally. None it of was, her business, but... Yeah. But she also, like, wasn't feeling me, because mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, what are you going to do? Like, make me, sh- like, grow the hair back in my head? Like, it's <laughs> <Really>? gone. 
And so I was like, I want to rap. And she was like, like, we're not going to do performances anymore here. Like, we're cutting that part of the multicultural assembly. Yeah. And so I was like, no, give me five minutes. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. And I want you guys to build this back in. So I had to go to like her it's a she like, and i'll tell you <laughs> and like just different faculty members and be like hey i need to get on the stage because mm-hmm. like i've been waiting and so i yeah. don't know how that happened but they let me go on another year too mm-hmm. so so what was the song you performed oh it was, was like it was about how you you tore it off yeah. right was the the name of it or at least the hook of it, was, it right yeah, it was to Black and Yellow was Khalifa. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, this was like 2011. We should point out. So. <laughs> it was like everything I do, like I tore it big. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was funny, but like it made a statement and it had a story. People really liked it. Like yeah. definitely people were like, damn, I didn't expect it to be that good. Yeah. Everyone, I guess, like could recognize the one girl in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like, like, oh, that's a girl in the wheelchair. So you really hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it was basketball. So this was must have been maybe after I graduated, or maybe Sophomore, I just yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I so yeah, I don't know anything about this. So you you had a basketball injury. Yeah. Um. Funny enough, I wasn't supposed to be playing that year because mm-hmm. I didn't want to. And then like few games in, um, yeah, we're playing Aloha High School, and this girl just did a dirty move and like snapped my leg in half pretty much and it was going a few different directions and mm-hmm. hospitalized for a while and you know wheelchair for three months crutches all yeah, that and yeah. so um it was like during that point i was like i am just like the fact that you can't even go do anything as a person was yeah. like sad so i was like all right this is my time i've always been hiding my passion for music so like i'm gonna quit sports like whatever i was doing and just do this since i'm sitting here doing nothing right and that was the moment where you realized okay i'm gonna stop trying to be mariah carey and i'm gonna become a rapper oh i was still trying to be mariah carey (laughs) probably always it's hard to get away from that for real i met her in new york and what yeah she wasn't that nice to me yeah that's not surprising but (laughs) waited in line for five hours and then I asked her, are you cold? And I'm like, I could have thought of something better. <laughs> like, in the winter. And she was yeah. just, like, looked at me and, like, <sighs> I was like, oh, okay. Like, mm. my passion fell a little bit. but It's hard not to. Oh, sorry, Mariah. Don't mean to talk crap. It's all right. I mean, it's not surprising. Mariah is, like, the ultimate diva. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. she's going to be a little, like, bitchy to people. <laughs> I know. It's part of her it's... persona, I think. Yeah. But it sucks to, like. Yeah, wait. You're idle. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. Two feet away. And I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so heartbreaking. Andre has a has a good one. Yeah. He, he met some. He waited in line for the Decemberists. And Colin Malloy, the singer, was mean to him. So. Oh, no. So, they, he gets it. Especially, <laughs> like, like, I'm sure you know, like, as an artist, like, you think, like, you one day you need to look back and be like you need to treat every single person nice because you never know like mm-hmm. who's excited to see you and right yeah no i i feel you i've i've thought that way about like um you know when like people if they hit you up for shows or something 
it sucks when people, or if you hit someone up for a show and they don't respond or whatever, or they cold Mm -hmm. shoulder you, that always would piss me off so much. So now whenever any, back when shows were happening, if anyone ever hit me up, I would at least respond and be like, sorry, we can't play if we weren't going to play. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was just like, some people, some people. Portland indie rock scene. I get it. We don't want to get into that whole thing. I'm going to grab an... Do you, or how are you doing? I'm only halfway. Okay. Will you fill up my wine? Yes, definitely. Should we... Do you have to use the restroom or anything? Should we take a break? I'm chilling. You're good. Okay. So, what, was Mariah, like, doing, like, a book thing or an album thing? It was a New Year's Eve special on a rooftop, oh and... God. Sounds magical. It was. <laughs> and... It was like during finals week in college and I was the first person before even the setup crew got there. I was like, I need to be front row. Like, this is it for me. So I'm like doing my flashcards in line. Thousands of people are behind me. You were first in line? First before like anybody showed up to the venue. I was there with my flashcards. It was so How early decreased. did you have to get up? Um, it was an evening show. Okay. So I was there probably at two o'clock and it mm-hmm. started at mm-hmm. seven. Jesus. <laughs> And, you know, actually, funny enough, the girl behind me, she had a radio show mm-hmm. and we started talking and I actually freestyled for her and like, we're still friends to this day and she's the first radio oh, experience wow. that I've ever had. But so I you got, got something out of it. You oh, yeah. I was a little cold to you. <laughs> like, I realized like, okay, you can VIP can come in. I was like, wait, I'm not VIP. So a hundred people went in before me. And so... I made friends with security mm-hmm. and I was like, I need to be up front. And so he was like, I'm going to look away. And he pulled the rope up and just let me like, it was just me, yeah. like no friends. I was nice. like, it's just me. Like, That's great. <laughs> so yeah, he let me go like first, second row. <laughs> and, you know, I was so cold and I was like, I need to just stick this out. Mm-hmm. And so the minute where it got silent, we made eye contact. I like, I really wish I would have been like said something cooler like yeah. rather than are you cold but how oh, it's tough <laughs> <laughs> i don't it's even a, it's, it's a what logical do you question. what do you say to mariah carey is the thing like what do, what do you say i tried the high high but mm. like everyone was saying hi so i'm like i gotta say something different what was she like was she as beautiful and like oh yeah yeah um radiating she was radiating um, yeah. was radiating. <laughs> yeah. um she looked cold <laughs> She was coming from her body. It was just, she was steaming. I know. It took, but it was funny. It was the first time I've ever been around like a diva and yeah. took two hours between songs to do like dress changes. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I just want to pop in and say that I sympathize with your Mariah Carey story because I waited in line for three hours to meet E40 one time. Oh, I And uh, he was like, it was like, I was at the end of the line. He'd been there for hours. And I just told him I liked his watch. <laughs> See? It was like it was a nice watch. It was like, what do you say? He's, he's like, point? no shit. You everybody like watch said, him yeah, said everything to him. See, so I, yeah, was I, this I, when I he went to get his him. special champagne? I got, I got his wine. I, I got bottles of his wine signed by him. I didn't know he had a wine. Yeah, Earl Stevens Selections. He he's a one. Moscato. There's a mango scato. Mango scato. That, uh, that's like, it's like fortified. It's really strong. See, but he's got a bunch of them now. He has like a whole like alcohol line. So does Snoop Dogg. It's a thing. Yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I have a few of the Snoop Dogg wines, and I'm like, yeah. if you're in the game, like, I'll buy. <laughs> like, sure, yeah. yeah. Got support. I know. 
Yeah. Sorry about you, forty. <laughs> it was it was pretty devastating. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so Andre's been spurned by multiple people. Couple people. This. I didn't know. No. I didn't know about the E forty one. One of my favorite things about Mariah Carey, I remember seeing this like it was like paparazzi photos of her on her own private yacht, mm-hmm. and she's like lying on like the the front. What do you call the front of a boat? The stern? <laughs> the bow? I don't fucking know. She's lying on the front of her boat, and she's kind of, like, rocking out to, you know, some some song. And then they got a photo of what was playing. Like, somehow they, they zoomed in on what was playing inside, and it was a Mariah Carey song. Oh. <laughs> so she was just rocking out to her own song, just I mean, blaring it in the middle of the ocean. Power to her. Fuck yeah. <laughs> You're just in the middle of the ocean, jam to yourself, I guess. <laughs> oh my god. She's earned it. She's earned it. There's another funny one. You might have heard this one where Ice Cube was on a plane mm-hmm. and he was laughing really hard and That's some he's watching a movie. Watching he's like cracking that. up and then someone looks up, he's watching Friday. His own movie. <laughs> oh, it's his own movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh you know, I I give those people props, Loki. Like it's yeah. it's a little like self-absorbent but mm-hmm. it's like if you rock with yourself that much then like power to you yeah, totally. <laughs> hey like they they they're not putting on any air airs airs yeah mm-hmm. they're just like yeah i think i'm the shit i know it <laughs> yeah. i know i'm good it's like i'm fucking mariah carey yeah i'm gonna listen to you know me hit this super oh, high note. I'm gonna sound like a dolphin. <laughs> she hits her dolphin note. Oh yeah, her and Ariana. Ariana can do it. Oh, oh yeah. I actually saw a video where like Mariah Carey reacted to mm-hmm. Ari- Ar- Ar- Ariana do it, doing it, and mm-hmm. she was like, "Yeah." It's She's like, "It's so pretty bad. good. It's okay." That's cute. I yeah. started it. Yeah. So, mm. would you ever think of doing an album where you're singing, or are you just are you kind of um invested in rapping for the time being you know i like to do melodic rap Mm -hmm. yes because very melodic yeah i feel like for singing it's either hit or miss like but if it's kind of like if you do like some type of melodic rap like if someone can feel a rhythm Mm -hmm. that's a win Mm -hmm. but i think that's maybe one area that I need to explore a little bit because I sing on my own and I have like songs just in my old like garage band where like they're full on singing songs, no rapping. Mm -hmm. But I think like, I don't know, almost maybe even a fear for myself of trying something new. Mm -hmm. And once like, this is only my second EP. The first one kind of, it was good for what, like I was 18, (laughs) but this one I'm like, okay, like I need to kind of stick to something that I know kind of works for me and to find some type of vibe where people can look forward to listening to my music. Mm -hmm. So I think I just kind of got solid with that. And so now it's like, now how do I branch that? And so that's something that I need to have my inner Mariah come out. So yeah, (laughs) I think um, even your, your, um, your rap currently, and I think we could bring maybe this would be a good opportunity to talk about no name a little bit. Mm. Um, it is, it is, it is rapping, but it is very melodic, like you say. And there is a little bit of singing in there. You'll do in between, you know, a fast verse or whatever. So you're you're talking really quickly, but then you'll do some singing in there too. Mm-hmm. More like no name, not like it's more soulful. 
it's not like pop singing it's kind of like soul singing Mm -hmm. um so you um, wanted to, you said you really liked No Name and said that No Name's an influence. So oh, yeah. would you say vocally, you look you look to No Name and you're like, okay, I, I like what they're doing. I can do you kind of could do something similar, both with the beats, but also the vocals. Yeah, I so I was introduced to No Name probably 2000 uh, when I get out of high school, like 2014. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard her, someone was like, you sound like her. Mm-hmm. I was just like, dang, I don't want to sound like someone else. But I heard sure. it. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, well, that's working for her. Mm-hmm. And like, and then I kind of got into like Chicago rap music, which like you listen to like Chance the Rapper. Like mm-hmm. they all kind of have that soulful, like melodic tune. Yeah. And so I think when it comes to like hearing how she's like writes stories within there mm-hmm. yeah and i just was like all right this is a someone who i relate to like vocally because also like i'm from beaverton like i'm not from the hood mm-hmm. like <laughs> i can't like the sound of my voice doesn't work with some music but i mm-hmm. could hear like the types of beats she was choosing i'm like that's a voice that works for that mm-hmm. for her sound and so yeah that kind of led me on my journey for like all right like kind of the more like chill mellow stuff is kind of where my voice fits best totally and you both are very like sunny and breezy and Mm -hmm. you know you can you can listen to it without really paying attention to the lyrics Mm -hmm. and you can kind of just like ride with it and it's really easy to listen to and pleasant and fun and sometimes you tune into the lyrics and you're like oh like this is there's she's rapping about yeah she's rapping mm-hmm. about serious stuff like mm-hmm. like you with um your album and also i'm trying to think of the song that i listened to it's like beautiful casket or, mm, yes 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 yeah like I, I the first time i listened to it i wasn't paying attention to the lyrics and i was like this is just like this fun melodic song and then i listened to it and you know she's rapping about you know black men getting killed in the street and how she hopes that you know her brother or her boyfriend calls her Mm-hmm. because what if he doesn't come home what happened to him exactly so it's this cool tension between rapping about serious stuff but also doing it in a melodic approachable enjoyable way yeah and like kind of when you were saying like you don't necessarily need to listen to all the words but you can just like have it on but it feels good mm-hmm. and like kind of going back when you guys were asking like how do you approach a song like for me it's the chorus that's kind of when people are like okay like that's something that i can remember and if you have time to listen to the story of it cool but it should just be a vibe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did you ever so i was doing a little bit of research on no name and Mm -hmm. she said that she got her start doing um spoken word poetry Mm -hmm. and so she kind of has this like background in like literature and poetry and so i can hear that in her in her music it's like it's it's poetic and and really beautiful in that way. Did you ever consider being a spoken word poet? Or was that not? Um, you know, I remember one night, like, I finally opened up to my dad, who was in eighth grade. I'm like, I want to be Mariah Carey. Like, mm-hmm. and I was so scared. And he was like, well, you're only 12, so you should start <laughs> <laughs> with, like, with poetry. Mm, okay. And mm-hmm. so, like, I had a little sparkly notebook and, like... Oh, cool wrote a huge love song. I don't know who. Probably about Charlie. Like, <laughs> like, Probably. 
And I was just like, it just started like I needed to know how to write. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I don't have beats. I don't have anything. Yeah. So it's like, just sing these songs in my head and like, at least I know that the lyrics are good. And so I think right. you just kind of have to grow from <laughs> what rhymes with what until you make a song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's very, that's, that's true. I think I looked back before I knew what to do, you know, at all with the song or how to approach a song. You write words, you know, and you, you think of it in your head. Um, but now you, now you're working with the collaborative partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you're getting beats and you're trying to come up with songs. Is that more the process now you'd say? Um, right now it's funny cause uh, well, first of all, like I was a business major and either my mind is business or it's creative. Yeah. And so right now I feel like I'm doing both. But now with this radio show, it's very much like, OK, this is what comes next mm-hmm. in my outreach and the marketing of it. Mm-hmm. But um, when I'm not doing that, I also had to make sure like I need to take time to practice like what I do. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose lose your your talent not your talent but you want to keep the sword sharp yeah i mean improve Mm -hmm. and so that's something that i've changed that was one of my goals is make time for both Mm -hmm. and even if it's like 15 minutes a day i can go write Mm -hmm. or listen to beats like i do that it doesn't have to be a full-on song but it's just like practicing your craft and so Mm -hmm. totally yeah i think i'm just having fun with it if there's nothing that i have to like release right now Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have like that pressure that you're like, okay, I got to do the next thing. You're focusing. I mean, you're going to be busy with this radio show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to take up a lot of your time and coming up each week. Is it a weekly deal? Yeah. yeah so you're going to have to come up with a new playlist each week and that's going to be a whole deal. Yeah. So. But I will say it is still inspiring because I'm having to dig through music that mm-hmm. I've never listened to. Yeah. So it's just like all these artists that like okay like i know that one song mm-hmm. now let me just dive deep and like go into other genres and i have my shazam on like every oh, yeah, day yeah. yeah yeah the app and it's just like holding my phone up to like a song that i hear like in the background mm-hmm. and so it's like i'm chasing new music and to like just be inspired myself yeah it's fun to have like a reason to find new music mm-hmm. um, i think that's can can be like fruitful in its own way and that might even lead to you know a new direction for your music too you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or just a new inspiration something you didn't you know expect yeah yeah i think i think it i think the radio show is going to be a big i've like i've seen people posting about it who i didn't even know you like were connected with so i think it is um i have no reason to believe that it wouldn't be a huge success you know what i mean we'll link to it in our show yeah we'll do a link in in the um whatever description yeah yeah. and your band camp or whatever whatever you prefer so all of it yeah i know you you got a lot of different different stuff so another artist dude should i should we go into the other artist or no he's my favorite let's do it yeah let's do it (laughs) so i i mean anderson pack is another person who um has a very um sorry Sorry, that's no. the cider. <laughs> no problem, no problem. So yeah, um, Anderson Pack also has a very kind of soulful approach to his music. Mm-hmm. He's a multi-instrumentalist. 
it's a, it's a word that's a word multi-instrumentalist in, multi multi <laughs> and you are also a multi-instrumentalist my yeah. first exposure to anderson pack was his uh npr tiny desk and he mm, plays drums on it yeah. i'm sure i'm sure you've watched it it's, watch it yesterday it's great <laughs> i watched it as well and and prep for this and um so he obviously can play drums and you played you can play, i, I want to bring up that you played yeah. drums for our eighth grade um, <laughs> um student council election oh yeah <laughs> so you also have a background in that um do you feel any connection like between of being a vocalist and also like that rhythmic background do you think that plays into what you do yeah yeah because um, anderson pack has that he does and uh, back to mariah carey like I was watching an interview and they were like, what's one thing you wish you could do? And she was like, play piano. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's also a way of expressing your ideas if you can play an instrument. And so I started playing in seventh grade. Um, I was taking lessons. And then um, I think from there, I was like, okay, well, I need to get better at piano too. So mm -hmm. I actually hired, what's her name? Miss Enslow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I was like, we're going to have to talk about Miss Sunslow, but we'll put, yeah. <laughs> I, like, had a dog walking job in, in <laughs> high school. I called her up, <laughs> and I was like, can you teach me how to play piano? And so... <laughs> Mrs. Enslow was um, the music teacher at Holy Trinity, our elementary school, just so listeners are up to speed. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it was, like, the most random phone call I've ever made <laughs> in my life. Holy and, shit. <laughs> and so oh she's like, yeah, come through. So <laughs> Yeah, she's I, like, pull up. <laughs> and, like, I worked with her for, like, a summer of, like, singing lessons and piano lessons. Wow, and, that's that's crazy. Yeah, and I, like, paid for it myself because my parents were like, you want to do it you go do it yeah, you do you so like now i i can say like if i'm working with the producer even though i don't make my own beats i can say like hey like i can make the beat like through my voice memo and mm -hmm. be like now make that and loop it mm -hmm. and so it's just a way for me to get my ideas out and mm -hmm. to like also add another stage element to what i do wow so what was I gotta, I gotta take this opportunity to talk about Mrs. Enslow, because this is a singing Wait. podcast, and Mrs. Mm -hmm. Enslow, so Mrs. Mm -hmm. Enslow was our music teacher. She was a little frightening. I mean, that's what I remember of Holy Trinity, is Mrs. Enslow, mm -hmm. like, we would be fucking off around in music class, everyone would be talking, and then Mrs. Enslow would get really angry, and she would just bang mm -hmm. on the piano. Oh. <laughs> like, she would just bang on the, the piano and do really intense chords, and everyone would shut the fuck up. They're like, Mrs. Mm -hmm. Enslow is serious. <laughs> She's pissed. Yeah. I forgot. Maybe if I remembered that, I wouldn't have called her. But <laughs> And so, anyway, so Mrs. Enslow, <laughs> every, you know, at Holy Trinity, the eighth graders put on a, a musical performance as like, mm. I don't know, is it like Christmas performance or something? Or yeah. the spring play? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was in eighth grade, and I, I thought... In eighth grade, I really thought I had a beautiful voice. I thought I was going to be, you know, join Broadway. And then mm, this yeah. was my, you know, my, my future was as a Broadway star. Okay. And so it was auditions for the eighth grade musical. It was Wizard of Oz. Everyone was waiting to go into the music room for Mrs. Enslow. And it was my turn to go and perform Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And so I go into the music room and I start singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And then halfway through, Mrs. Enslow stops me. <laughs> 
And I think I'm doing a really good job. I'm like, okay, I'm, mm-hmm. she's clearly going to cast me as Dorothy. I just kind of have to go through, you know, these steps and, yeah. you know, I'm going to be Dorothy. And she stops me and she says, are you singing that badly on purpose? Oh, that's messed up. You're like 12, 13. Yeah, I was 13. in eighth fucking grade. You're 13 years old. I was 13, and I was like, no. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to start again. And so I start singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow again, and I finish, and she just kind of looks at me. She stops playing, and she goes, honey, I think you're tone deaf. Oh. <laughs> oh. Fuck you, Angela. <laughs> so I just remember my whole world just, like, shattering, because I was like, okay, I'm tone deaf. Like, I'm not going to be a Broadway star. Mm-hmm. And I just remember walking down the hallway, and my, my world changed. <laughs> my world fucking changing. Oh. And I... that's all Mrs. Enslow. <laughs> Retrospect, maybe I'm grateful for her for just breaking the news. <laughs> like, you're not going to be the next Idina Menzel. But, yeah, it was harsh. I get it. <laughs> did you have a, did Enzo Leverett come down on you? <laughs> no, Mrs. Boss. Yeah, so we had a different. Yeah. Enzo left. Oh, really? Yeah, and then Boss. Wonder why. She was verbally, she was breaking the children's dreams. But yeah, so but, Boss. Boss, yeah. We had to, like, sign up for, like, I guess you could take like computer class, band class, choir. I had signed up for computer, but then I didn't know like a month later I wanted to be Mariah Carey. And so <laughs> it was like, anticipate that. no, <laughs> I wasn't ready. So I was like, I need to get out of computer and get into choir. Mm-hmm. So I went over and I said, Hey, like I was shaking. I was like, I want to be a singer and I know I have to be in choir. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't have room for you. No way. And I was like, Whatever. no, like, I need, like, I have a passion. She's like, you don't even like singing. But I'm like, but, like, it's my hidden goal. But it's hidden. That's why you don't know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and then, like, there's one girl who decided to drop out. And so I was able to get in there. Um, but, you know, she, I had to, like, go there and cry. So I'm like, wow. I... And like thinking this is just back, fucking middle school, man. These are like thirteen-year-olds who say I have a passion for something. Mm-hmm. You're gonna cut them off, like wow. you don't like to sing. <laughs> I was like, I do, but I'm just saying, I do. I mean, good for you for going there yeah. and putting yourself on the line and standing up for yourself. No, what's up with Holy Trinity? I don't know. I don't I know. know. I, know. I, I haven't been there. I mean, I know. Um. I talk to Mr. Romero every now and again over, no. over text message, but um, that's about it. So who was your favorite Holy Trinity teacher? Mm, like Libby Kane. 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 I mean, oh, come on. Libby Reed now. Um, yeah. Shit, yeah. yeah. Is she still teaching at Holy Trinity? No, okay. she's at a public school now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I used to just straight up call her Libby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, she'll see her once a week. She's <laughs> probably my favorite too, like at the time, as like a middle schooler. But retrospectively, I think I gotta go with Miss B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> she was so Miss B was our PE teacher. She was terrifying. Um, she wore like these pastel sweatsuits, <laughs> and uh, she kind of had like a a curly fro really white woman fro mm-hmm. um and she was real intense um but retrospectively i kind of think she's badass mm-hmm. <laughs> all that pickleball like you were with it i mean my favorite thing about her like looking back was at the beginning of every p class she would just have us like 
running the circles, footloose. Yep. Running circles <laughs> around the gym while she played Kenny Loggins. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you'd just be running your laps and you'd look over and Miss B would just be rocking out to Danger Zone. Mm, <laughs> she'd be walking to her office being like, gonna take a pass. <laughs> and so, you know, she terrified me at the time, but as an adult... You got respect for Miss B. Mm-hmm. I forgot my gym clothes too much. Yeah. If you so, forgot yeah. your gym clothes, you had to you had to write. Yeah. I will not forget my gym clothes. I did it too many times where mm-hmm. I don't think we vibed too well, but <laughs> I'm you glad. Were getting them on purpose? No, I just had really bad ADD. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was so lame. But somebody, I'm glad somebody had a connection with her. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, I, I mean... You know, there was all these rumors that, you know, she was a lesbian, and as a Catholic schoolgirl, that was like, oh my god, very salacious. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just what you say about your gym teacher, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, you know, I had all these, like, conflicted opinions about her, and now I'm like, if she was just, like, this awesome gay gym teacher, (laughs) who's, like, kind of be a dick to her like, whatever, good for you. That's real. Can you tell, can you tell the story about Dom and Miss B? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It. Tearing into Dom. Oh yeah, about how. So Dom's like, our friend Dom is like, t- 10, 11 10 years, years old or something, and I don't know what it is. Like, doing crunches. They're doing crunches, or they're. Dom makes a comment about, I don't know, being smart or something, and Miss B goes, "I am smarter than you will ever be." <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of messed up, but like, not surprised she would say it to him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Tom's kind of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite teacher at HG, Charlie? I don't know, but I do want to say that, and back to Mrs. Enzo saying you're tone deaf, Marley does, her immediate impulse is to not sing the melody, but she'll <laughs> sing the harmony. <laughs> I, I can appreciate it. Like she just, uh, that's where you go. I notice you'll be singing along to the song and it won't be the melody you're singing. You'll be, you'll be singing a slightly different. I am tone deaf. I don't know. She was right is the thing. As much as it hurt, Mrs. Enzo was right. I am tone deaf. So that's why you get a podcast no, instead. <laughs> but the thing is, it's harder to sing the harmony. Yeah, it is. In my, in my opinion, at least. So maybe you were actually, you just needed to hone it and you could have been like, um... Yeah, if she would have just encouraged me. You could have been like Morris, Morris, Gibbs, Mor- Morris. And we can get into the whole fucking politics of it. I mean, who who was Dorothy in Wizard of Oz? It was Emily Cronin, the, the daughter of the principal. Uh, principal. So there was politics at work. You know, maybe I was being silenced by mm-hmm. by Mrs. Enslow. I'm but sorry. It's all right. It's all right. So we have a podcast about singing. <laughs> so I can. The don't deaf girl. I'm an eighth grade music teacher. <laughs> Semi tone deaf people have a podcast. About <laughs> um, I think favorite? we should talk. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. I mean, I like Libby Kane. Obviously, she's great. I loved. I loved Mrs. Foster. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Foster and I really got along well. What? And Miss Romero, obviously. Yeah, I'm yeah. still in contact. I mean, she's probably my favorite. She's like. Miss Romero is the. Um, she's Captain Conte. Miss Honey, oh. Holy Trinity. Oh, straight up. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it was all of the teachers were pretty. I don't, I don't remember not liking too many of them. I mean, Miss Foster was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had beef. Yeah, you had beef with Miss Foster. Yeah, we had to take it to the principal's office. We <gasps> had beef. <laughs> what? what was the beef? With 
it was like between me, her, and Felix Young. <laughs> Back to Felix. Shit. Full circle. All right. What happened with Felix? You know when you don't write your name on a paper, you get a zero? Mm-hmm. Felix and I both did that, but she let Felix write her name on there, but didn't let me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I called fuck? my mom, and I'm like, yo, mom, my mom, handle business. Oh, I bet. And then we had a full-on meeting, and then a year later, she wasn't there. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, that's kind of messed up. But, yeah. yeah. Why was why she does... giving Felix privileges that you didn't get? Felix was probably, like, a good student. Mm. He is. I was just hanging on. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But it shouldn't, you know. If he's such a good student, he shouldn't yeah, why'd you forget, forget to write your name on the What happened that paper? time? Oh, no, I said we, we got beef. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. That sounds that sounds not right. But um, I'm sorry. Like, I hope you still have good thoughts of her. <laughs> that was great. You, you felt a kinship with Miss Foster. Foster. You might be the only it. person in the history of Holy Trinity Catholic Elementary School who yeah, no. felt a kinship with Mrs. Foster. Yeah, she was very very good to me i'm just gonna put just gonna i'm just gonna lay it out there as clean as i can i hope you're doing right she liked my brother too so yeah maybe she just didn't like she was indifferent to me Mm. though i do remember she would read to you from where the red fern grows oh yeah which is about you know these dogs and when one of the dogs died she did cry she she cry every year year. (laughs) doesn't that make you kind of like her maybe she's a tender-hearted person maybe just a little bit it's like, that's a sad that's a sad story though but i do want to talk more about anderson pack or i just want to hear oh, your thoughts kind yeah. of on favorite and then we can, we can uh yeah we, do, up we, we don't have to keep you too much longer but i do want to hear about anderson pack as an influence what you like about him i mean he's probably one of the best working artists today he's super prolific he's constantly putting out new music um just give us what you like about him what your thoughts are i guess he is able to reach so many different type of people. Yes. He's like hip hop loves him, funk loves him, soul, mm-hmm. rock. That dude can play every instrument. And just like he is a smooth dude. Jesus. Yes. Smooth dude. Yeah. You know, it's just like I feel like everything I listen to I like. Yeah. Because like it's almost has like a familiar tone to it. That it's like everything is just catchy and you mm-hmm. don't know why. And like it might be because like we've heard like something similar to that, like yeah, from like some old funk music and he just brings it back. And when it comes to somebody's stage presence, too, if you're able to play instruments and have a mm-hmm. band that just makes you that more appealing rather than just standing up there and singing. Right. And so performance wise, everything like I think he's dope. Yeah. So that's something you mentioned that you're doing now is you're starting to work with a full band. Um, oh yeah. What's the, what kind of instrumentation can we expect? Guitars, synths. Like what are we what are we thinking here? So we have a DJ, we have a drummer, and a bassist. Okay, cool. And so, awesome. oh, I guess I'm announcing it now, but I'm doing like. If you want, we can also cut around it. Oh heck no! If you don't. All want. right, formal <laughs> announcement. Let's do it. So we're doing like sim. I'm not gonna say tiny desk because you can't replicate that, but. Right. Like a live band type aspect and like Mm -hmm. a cozy environment. And so I've never played with a band before, but for the past month, we've just been jamming every week and we're having a videographer come in and I'm going through my whole EP. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And 
I think like one where I'd like to go is go outside of Portland and to reach people outside of this community. Mm-hmm. So if you can show that you're a good performer and have good content, you're mm-hmm. more likely to just get booked right. in other places. And so yeah. once COVID stops, I hope that, you know, I'm able to travel outside of Portland and people can be familiar with kind of what I bring to a stage presence. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a great idea. I think I've, I've been told that, yeah, having, like, good content, good video content specifically will definitely help um, when you want to go to reach other people or whatever, play in other cities, hopefully, reach people in other cities. That type of stuff goes a long way. Um, and like you said, you're already invested in that kind of thing, too. you got nice equipment to record, um, mm-hmm. nice equipment to shoot. So yeah. you're going to be able to make really nice content, too, which will be huge, I think, for you. Yeah, it's just investing in yourself, which mm-hmm. it's a little scary. And you're like, oh, my bank account doesn't look as nice. But it's like, you know, it's for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's like, screw it. I'm going to just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you think about, I don't know. So are you, did, did, was culture recorded in a studio or did you do your parts at home? Um, my parents' basement. So yeah, I mean, you're already kind of like avoiding the bullshit of studio time. Yeah. Like that stuff is that'll drain your bank account if you want to talk about something. It's fucking studio time. Yeah. So having the luxury to be at your parents' house is huge. And I've actually um so retired blazer player, um, Martel Webster. I love Martel uh-huh. Webster. I'm at his house every week at his studio. What? Dude How are we yeah. just getting <laughs> Did you know that he's like one of my all time favorite blazers? I babysit his kids straight up. Like, I got you. Dude. Fuck. Okay, well, yeah. Um, I guess I have to ask, How is Martel awesome? Is he really nice? Is he cool? Like, what's... He... He's... Have you heard of Eris Records? I don't know. Maybe. So, it's a, a local record label. Mm-hmm. And just some really dope hip-hop artists are coming out of there. And at the time, I was dating a guy who's a basketball player. And they trained together, and he's like, hey, this is my girlfriend. Um, watch this ball and music video. And so, like, he was like, hey, I want to just meet her. Like, I have a record label, but just music-wise. Wow. So, literally just, like, invited me over one Sunday to hang out with him and his five kids and his wife. Five kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like... I was playing with the dogs, playing with the, holding babies, and then he's like, "Let's go to the studio, yeah. go play basketball mm-hmm. first. And then, like, we just clicked. And wow. at first, I was nervous because I was like, "I gotta like be like on my stuff while I'm here." Marcel Webster. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a beautiful studio. Um, yeah. And so it's just like the minute we talked music and just vibed, it was like. Mm-hmm. He's just a dope person that awesome. wants to collaborate. So, so he's doing mostly music stuff now, huh? Yeah, he's. How cool! That's his thing. Mm-hmm. So he's is he he's not playing ball anymore, is he? No. Okay. He's just producing. Yeah, rapping, producing, and um, helping his wife with her interior decorating uh-huh. business, and so. Wow, I'm wow. so glad this came to Martel. That's, awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So is he? Oh, I said Marcel. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> you know, it's. A... I don't really know <laughs> the Blazers. I, I love, like to pretend I know, I but love I don't really Webster, know. But not everyone knows him as well. That's so great. I'm really because th- I remember he actually did like I saw he he himself was rapping a bit, right? Yeah. 
Is he is he still is he focusing more on the production side or or is he doing some of that himself too? I don't know what he's doing in terms of like releasing, but that dude creates all day. That's and, so sick. You know, he's from Seattle and so he goes up there and shoots some videos and uh-huh. I think Right, he yeah, he went to Seattle prep. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just makes music and just like puts it in his catalog but part of me was like yo why aren't you dropping this he's like yeah just making it and then if he's got something good he'll like do a video to it but oh that's that's something so would you record a new album in his studio possibly um if he lets me over that much (laughs) yeah but at at the same time he's got five kids and i have my own equipment but It's just, he gave me, like, a beat pack, which I was just so grateful for. Mm -hmm. He's like, free beats, like, just really good stuff. And so I was like, ooh, okay. So I'm kind of at the point of, he gives me this, like, I was there a few days ago, and I chose one of the beats. I'm like, I'm going to come over. I have it memorized, Mm -hmm. done. So I'm not wasting this dude's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm ready to go. You're respectful. Exactly. Yeah. And so... Yeah, like, I'm just going through every single one. Snap a pic. We could just be natural. We don't have to, like, make a thing of it. But I just want to get something for the Insta. That's so sick that he is, um, he's, like, trying. So he has, is it his label now? Or is it just something he's working with? Yeah, um, he's a co-founder. Wow. That's really cool. Do you know if he he does any stuff with Damien? Yeah. Um, funny enough, I was, last time I was there, he played me this song and then there was just a big chunk of it that there were no lyrics mm-hmm. and so he's like yeah i'm waiting for dame to come through and i was like that's insane wow, i was like I was insider like, info yeah yeah that's really neat i know like i'd love to work with dame like yeah, yeah, yeah. he really is kind of like forefront of portland hip-hop like uh-huh. right now so i'm just like yeah building relationships him what's i mean i mean yeah, yeah so i mean i think Amine and damien obviously because he's fucking so famous but like yeah. um out of like all of portland music including rock and every other thing like amina is the guy right now he's leading the charge like in a way that it used to be a rock band who was you know was like yeah. the band in portland but i think that's really great that it's you know there's a change at least yeah something fresh and you know it's like when you see people like that it makes you think this is possible mm-hmm. like yeah so i don't know how he got to where he needed to be but like i watch those people's stories and i'm like now how did they get to that next step yeah and so definitely and he you know i think having him become so big and he shouts out portland a lot in his music Mm -hmm. i mean that's gonna cause that's gonna create a path for more more artists too coming out of portland Hopefully, at least that's the idea. No, I'm um, just cheering for all of us out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- yeah, Portland's a a small hip hop scene, but it's thriving. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's I think it's it's really it's really like on a rocket ship or something. Yeah. Like it's can it's on a, a huge upward trend. Yeah, and you know you see just like more people moving here. Like, mm-hmm. of course, like we have our big like Nike, Adidas, and stuff like that. But it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, more people are coming here. Like, talent is coming here, too. And so, sure, like, the more exposure that Portland gets, then it's like, okay, now we now have a platform to be able to reach more people. So Yeah, and I think it's so great that, I mean, I feel like in the public, 
like people outside of Portland, when it comes to music, it kind of has this indie rock or like alternative grunge, you know, reputation. But it's so cool that there's also this, this like community of rappers and hip hop artists who are saying, no, we're here too. Yeah. And we're making awesome stuff. So pay attention to us. Don't just pay attention to, you know, the white dudes and their guitar bands, which are great. But, you know, Portland's, you know, it may be considered the whitest city in America, but we have a thriving Mm -hmm. hip hop scene and listen to what we have to say. And it's, it's awesome. And like, I do think it's really cool that like, of course, like there's not a lot of hip hop out here, like growing up, but it's like you still do get inspired by like those indie bands out there. Mm-hmm. And like for me, it's like when I decided I was going to have a band, like I look at people like Charlie mm-hmm. and Stoner Control because it's like, OK, like I've seen you that like, you've been able to travel with your music mm-hmm. and like I haven't. So like all these rock bands out here and like indie bands, they're doing something that works and so it's like okay now Mm -hmm. what kind of stage presence like how do you even get to the point where people want to hear your stuff outside of portland so it's like you learn from the people around you totally yeah it's like you see other people do it and then it becomes like it makes it real for yourself too you know what i mean and there's totally been people like that for me where you see people like getting a ride up or they get their music on spotify like little things like that where you're like wow how the fuck did they do that and then you're like okay well it's possible if they're mm-hmm. doing it you know what i mean so yeah i think shit like that's huge and, and like yeah you may have you know released your album during a pandemic but mm-hmm. there's certainly more more to come once the world opens back up again yeah who I knows to see what happens <laughs> um I guess I think if there's anything specifically you want to shout out, like before we end, I think now would be maybe a good time. I mean, whatever. Okay. Um, well, you can go find my music on Bandcamp, uh, Miss L Music, and I released the Culture EP in December. So go listen to that. Yeah. We have Ladies to the Mic airing every Wednesday from 8.30 to 9.30 on PRP.FM or 99.1 FM if you have a radio. And I think most importantly, like, thank you for listening. And, Mm -hmm. like, I'm just excited to be able to share my stuff. And, you know, I will always support other Portland artists, too. So I'm glad to be here. Awesome. And we'll link to all of this in the show notes. Yeah, we'll link and thank you all for being here thank you thank you so much for coming on the show this has been it's been awesome catching up no thank you guys good to catch up over and out life is short (laughs) okay i need it like this to do all the things i gotta do i like order
on a journey, best believe I'm never coming back on the plateau. So I'm busy singing sharp and flat. Now, shout out to Left Eye, my girl Aaliyah too. Real hip hop die when we lost you. Forget the game, what's the real rap? I hope to be the culture that can finally bring it back. Try this a Brooklyn pick. This rank is high. I'ma buy. Halt the boat date, go wine in the fries. Chop cheese, give me late night. I'ma thrive. Bye bye, city gone crazy. Subway fights and daylight don't phase me. Bayridge pride, Italian pastries. Broken tide, the city done made me. 21 was sipping lemon with the jack. Skyfall, gotta call a yellow cab. Bring it back. 90 flow with the new rap. Fuji gold and pose with the whole pack. Off the roof track, I got soul and blues with the new slaps. Boom bat, boom bat. Going know what I put them on the map. Boom bat, boom bat, boom bat. Get to beating when I'm putting on the Mac. It's a rap now.